Should we go electric? I think we should go electrified with Toyota. Electrified? Electrified means options. So electrified looks different for everyone. Yup, and with more options for reducing carbon emissions, Toyota is electrified diversified. Learn more about our Beyond Zero vision for the future at toyota.com slash beyond zero. Hello? Hey, Catherine. Hey. What's up? I don't know if you heard this weekend I was brutalized on wait wait don't tell me oh my god how um they said i was dirty and <laughs> that i'd probably smell bad and <laughs> that i uh probably don't have a nice apartment <laughs> that's a good show <laughs> uh, yeah it was it was just like what we were talking about on here the kind of Low blows, uh, not really wanting to engage with the science of the biome, but fully embodying the classism that has defined cleanliness throughout the ages. <clears throat> How are you? Well, Jim, I had an exciting experience this morning, and I'd like to tell you about it. Uh, an exciting experience? Well, this is abnormal for our times. Huh. At the uh, beginning of the pandemic... I was so isolated because I live alone. Right. And that was bad for the uh, for the old psychic state, right? Sure. And then I, a friend of mine who is outside the city started describing that he'd gotten really into birds. Oh, no. He had set up a, like, bird feeder in his yard and he was feeding birds and he had gotten really into it and he's like an unlikely person to be a birder like a, he he's not someone i would have pegged as a birder because he's human um he is a human being yeah we're natural enemies with birds why do you say that mm, i just feel it inside me <laughs> okay they're like little dinosaurs yeah that's part of what makes them cool we're oh. gonna put a pin in that all right okay so I decided I was going to make it my mission to befriend a bird. Oh, no. So I started leaving a little bit of seed out on my windowsill. Every morning, I would put a little bit out, and I would sit by the window, and I would have my coffee, and I would wait. And it turned out that there would be a morning dove who came by. Oh, well, those make a nice noise. They make this crazy noise with their wings. They do actually have a call, which is lower and mournful. That's why they're called morning doves. And so, okay, so this morning dove would come by and eat stuff, but it was very, like, freaked out by me. And then one morning, I didn't put any bird seed out. He came by anyway. Oh, wow. No way. We, we got into a routine over the last couple of weeks where he'll come by, I look at him, I open the window um, screen, he flies away, I put the seat out, I close the window screen, he comes back. And then he no eats way. it, and then sometimes he just stares at me. And we've gotten, like, more and more comfortable with each other, and, like, he, he stares at me, and then I will, like, make little cooing sounds at him. And so, anyway, mm. the point is I befriended a bird. Yeah. And I always and I was like, oh my god, it's a symbolic thing because they're mourning, and you know we're all in mourning, and I mm, befriended mm. A, a grief-stricken bird, and you know it's all. Can you like believe you didn't tell me about this before? <laughs> well, and the thing that happened this morning, which was a little disorienting, is he came by, and I was like, oh, he's here, 
And then two other morning doves also came by. Uh-oh. And so now I don't know if I've been having the friendship with one bird or three birds, or if like it's not actually a friendship at all. It's just a random accumulation of experiences with different birds. If you were going to be having friendships with birds, you should be able to tell them apart, probably. Do you think he can He can tell me apart from other people? He probably can't. Mm-hmm. Birds we have know- amazing senses of smell. Well, Maybe that's dogs. Anyway, so I wanted to tell you this because, A, I made a friend. It actually was helpful because it was like an interaction with another creature. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I'm so deprived that it was really nice. <laughs> and I could project whatever I wanted to on this onto this silent bird. But I also remembered that you kind of have a thing with birds. Yeah. Um, I don't like birds. They make me feel uneasy. What's your earliest memory of being uncomfortable around a bird? <laughs> well, I, yeah, I was a, a child, not a young child. I think a, a middle school age child. I once walked out of my side door in my parents' house and there's this screeching from right above my head. Mm-hmm. And it was a, a robin who had uh, nested just above and apparently had eggs Mm-hmm. there and was feeling protective and started attacking me and chased me down. I ran to the end of our driveway. Mm-hmm. The whole time I felt this flapping at the back of my neck as the bird's wings grazed me. Were you injured? Um, No, but I was... I what what it, All it was was you saw the potential for what this animal can do. Uh, just to turn into a demon. And uh, I guess ever since then, I've seen that in the glint of the eye of any bird I've come near. Um, Knowing that you had this anxiety and knowing what joy my bird friend or friends have brought to me, like maybe we could just learn a little bit more about birds. Yeah. Well, You've been we, t- saying how much nature, you know, is good for people during this time. It's it's part of your health regimen to have a connection with the natural world. Honestly, if you have found a way to get some sort of social benefit out of a non-human interaction that comes even close to what I've gotten out of Moses, <laughs> um, then I feel good for you and I'm happy to explore this with you. Oh, my God. Okay. We have to talk. Let's put a, let's put a pin in Moses. Um, mm, he would not let you do that. <laughs> Well, here's who we're going to call Jason Ward. He is an avid birder. He is the host of a YouTube show called Birds of North America. And he's just an all around birder about town. He knows everything there is to know about birds. Wow. I know nothing there is to know about birds. And it sounds like you know very little. Hello. Hey, this is Catherine. Hi, and this is Jim. Hi, Jason. Hello. Nice to meet both of you. Um, thank you so much for agreeing to be on our show. Would you, uh, could I just have you introduce yourself for the listeners? Sure. My name is Jason Ward. Uh, I'm a bird nerd, right? So I'm a birder, science communicator, and also the host of, in my opinion, the best birding show ever created. <laughs> I think it's also the only birding show ever created. So by default, we win. Yeah, uh, absolutely. called Birds of North America. Number, number one bird show. In the world. There we go. <laughs> um, where, where did your interest in birding begin? 
Yeah. So my, my interest in nature and just wildlife in general began very young. When I was about five or six years old, I had a fascination with dinosaurs. That interest in dinosaurs at a young age progressed to an interest in anything that crawled, walked, swam, and that was currently still alive, right? I was mm -hmm. about 66 million years too late for dinosaurs, but birds wound up being the front runners after a short amount of time for multiple reasons. One, they are modern day descendants of dinosaurs. Uh, and two, that ability to fly really st struck a chord with me. It really captivated me. Um, the ability to fly and leave a less than desirable situation and search for greener pastures. So I grew up in the South Bronx. It's a very poor part of the country. And um, in fact, I think the district that I grew up in was the poorest congressional district in the country at the time. And mm -hmm. So the idea of flying away and escaping, even just for a moment or two, was something that I wanted to be able to do, but I couldn't, at least not at the time. Mm -hmm. So I lived vicariously through these creatures who had this ability to just pick up and leave whenever they wanted to. How would you observe them at first? Uh, I remember vividly one of my first experiences with birds is walking through a supermarket parking lot in the Bronx and being pooped on by a bunch of ring-billed gulls, right? And at the, yeah. you know, that's normally an experience that everyone's like, oh, that's disgusting. But I was like, oh, this and is you were pretty like, cool. This what? Is a miracle. So. <laughs> They're experiencing the miracle of flight and I get to participate in it. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, there, then came the experience when I was about in high school, I was about 15 or 16, where I observed a peregrine falcon eating a pigeon oh my God. Uh, about 30 feet from me, oh my God. Uh, right on, right in front of my window. Um, and that's also another experience where people would typically see and run the other direction. But it, it was amazing to me. This was Animal Planet brought right to life, right in front of me. And it, did you it, get those visions proved... of the dinosaur, sort of? Like, that's what a oh, dinosaur would do? Yeah. Absolutely, right? And then, so that experience right there taught me another two things. It taught me that I didn't have to travel far to some exotic place to be able to enjoy and appreciate wildlife. And two, it taught me that no matter what was going on at any given point in time, birds can bring a smile to my face. Yeah. Um, the reason I say that was the window that I was observing this predation occur was the window of a homeless shelter that my family and I had lived in at the time. So even through a pretty dark and rough time, I had this little glimmer of, of happiness or excitement rather where this bird was doing something cool and it, and it drew me to it. Yeah, that's wonderful. They're like scientifically fascinating and also very symbolic. Absolutely. Have you ever been chased by a bird? Yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely. Um, I have been chased uh, by two different species. Uh, the first one, it's the northern mockingbird. That is a notorious, uh, aggressive bird that is super common, lives in cities, urban parks, uh, sub suburban areas. And they are very aggressive when it comes to defending their nest. And if someone walks by, they will make this scolding sound and they'll dive bomb you and in order to intimidate you to leave. So I've been dive bombed and chased by those guys. And I've also been chased by uh, this bird called a, um, an Arctic tern. Hmm. They are very aggressive when it comes to defending their territory as well. So they try to dive bomb me and get me out of their uh, nesting habitat. Oh, man. So what does one do in that situation? Are you supposed to run? 
or is it like a Good bear question. where you're supposed to act real big? Or actually, no, wait, I'm not sure what you do with a bear. <laughs> I guess it depends on which which kind of bear. Oh, sure, it is. Yeah, but um, if it's like a panda, you just throw a bamboo stalk at it. But um, <laughs> when it when it comes to birds, uh, I think that you should turn directly at the bird. Oh. And the reason I say this is because they typically dive bomb you from behind. Mm-hmm. If they can see your eyes, they're not going to dive bomb you because that is a precarious situation for them. They, they're very fragile. They're very light. Yeah. And if, I, if I'm looking right at you as you're dive bombing me, I mean, I could easily hurt that bird. So yeah. there have been researchers who study crows and ravens who, when entering a territory, they'll wear a mask on the back of their head <laughs> just so it can like, uh, you know, kind of replicate eyes being back there. And they aren't dive bombed as much by by the birds when they enter the territory. Oh, so, man. Jim, Jim had an experience with a bird in childhood. It's that- not about me. <laughs> not about me. Um, I, I we just want to learn more because Catherine's friends with uh, some birds now. Um, <laughs> it's an interesting moment during the pandemic. People are looking for new ways to connect with with nature and. Uh, I guess I'm I'm wondering if that's if that's just Catherine or is that a thing that is happening in the communities that growing? Yeah, I, I think it is. I think it's something that's happening widely. And I think because, you know, typically speaking, we're out and about early morning. We're jumping into our vehicles and heading to work and we're pretty disconnected from the sights and sounds of things that are going on in our backyards. I think that the the height of the pandemic when things really started was in the springtime. And that is during a time of year where birds are most active and most vocal. So that was a time where a lot of people were just sitting at home and they're noticing things that they perhaps never really noticed before. And, you know, just watch, just realizing that the birds that you're seeing in your yard or in your neighborhood are not there year round. Um, During springtime, we have migration of 20 billion birds that leave South America and Central America and the Caribbean and head north to the U.S. and Canada to breed. This bird that weighs about 0.4 ounces has to brave uh, storms and uh, predators and windows and buildings, and it has to brave all of these different obstacles just to be able to make it, and it does this twice a year, every single year. So these are small dynamos. Um, Then, of course, there's the health aspect, of course, from a physical standpoint of being able to go out and walk around and kind of lose yourself in in nature, forgetting all of the stuff that's going on in your phone and your personal lives and kind of just being present in in nature and just absorbing those moments. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Put your phone down, just turn on a podcast and bird. Yeah. (laughs) Um, So if I wanted to get started... Uh, on birding outside the home, what's the best way for people to get started? Um, okay, let's do this in tiers. Okay. I think first and foremost, we should utilize our eyes and ears and our sense of curiosity. Mm-hmm. That's going to take us on to the next step. Mm-hmm. Once we've walked outside, noticed a couple things that were different, stayed still for a moment and watched the birds uh, kind of behave and interact with one another listen to their songs, listen to their vocalizations as well, because right now this is baby bird season. So we're seeing a lot of, I know if I step outside of my front door, I'll hear a whole bunch of baby blue jays and summer tanagers and these birds that are breeding 
in my neighborhood and their babies are now fully fledged and flying around and still being very annoying and vocal mm-hmm. to their parents' uh, dismay. Mm-hmm. But um, we're seeing a lot of those interactions there. So just the observation is the first step. After that, then you may say, you know what, it's time for me to take this observation to the next level and purchase a pair of binoculars. Mm-hmm. Now you've unlocked the key to a whole entire different world that has always been there, but you're now just peeling back another layer of it. Using a pair of binoculars to observe the birds takes it to a whole different level. Mm -hmm. Um, With binoculars comes field guides, right? And whether you're a paper book kind of person or whether you are an app person like myself, field guides can also unlock another world of birds that live in your neighborhood and the rest of the country as well. Mm -hmm. And then once you have a pair of binoculars and a field guide, we, we got you. You're a part of the crew. You're, you're, you, have, you have officially joined the flock. And is the best location to go to like a public park or uh, just down a tree-lined street or, yeah? Yeah. So I think that if you're trying to optimize the birds that you're seeing in your area, I think that picking the time of day is almost as important, if not more, than your location. Got it. Uh, birds are most active, especially now during these warm summer days, they're most active in the early morning and during evening Mm -hmm. time. So right before sunset. Um, so getting out during those times is going to be a major help. And, uh, yeah, you you know, picking a, a, a park or even just visiting a small green space, uh, or tree lined street, as you mentioned, the beauty of birds is that they have figured out almost every niche on the planet Mm -hmm. they they have you know whether it's the ocean deserts high mountains doesn't matter birds are everywhere yeah Mm -hmm. so they're very smart yeah so so just just get out there at the right time and let your eyes and ears do the work what is this like a type of mindfulness or meditation that you're essentially practicing is that a, a way to think of it it can be absolutely. Uh, so, for example, so me living in Atlanta, Atlanta is uh, always known as one of the cities with the worst traffic in the country, and it's bumper to bumper traffic, no matter what day it is, no matter what time it is. So it's frustrating. And I remember a time being, it was about a year ago or two. It was August. It was very hot, and I'm sitting in bumper to bumper traffic. We're not even moving, and. I look out the window and I notice that there are barn swallows, about five or six of them, just swooping around. And their swallows are very acrobatic in the air. And they're swooping in between cars and they're catching insects and they're doing all of these amazing feats of, of aerial display on the wing. And suddenly I noticed that, okay, well, this is something that I'm really enjoying watching. And I'm a little calmer now. Mm-hmm. And also now I'm wondering how many other people are noticing this? And if they are, how many other people are really like appreciating and in, in tune with what's going on right now? Sure, we, have, we all have places to be. Some of us are probably running late and it's probably frustrating. But if we took a moment to step aside and just appreciate what was going on right outside of our windows, we'd feel a little bit better about the overall state of things. Mm. Yeah, that's really nice. I know a lot of people sit in traffic and just stew and get angry and mm-hmm. listen to bad radio shows. <laughs> like well, wait wait don't tell me <laughs> someone made fun of jim on wait wait don't tell me and now he has a no. grudge you can see that jim <laughs> jim is just has a lot holds lots of grudges he holds grudges against birds against random <laughs> radio shows um here's a question i, I do that too yeah you I do it. you do what's your biggest yes, grudge some, 
Well, some of these birds, um, uh, I'm not the biggest fan of. Ooh, who um, nice. Now, let me say now all birds talking. are amazing. All <laughs> birds are amazing. All birds are great. All birds are cool. All that good mm-hmm. stuff. Now, this is one bird called the American woodcock. Oh, okay. And yeah, I don't like the way I, he sounds. I don't like the way he walks. <laughs> um, now, now, everyone, and I'm sure most people are going to disagree with <laughs> me on this. Like and it's okay. It's a hill that I, that I die on with this. <laughs> this bird has this funny little herky-jerky like motion when it walks. <laughs> and everyone sees it. And they're like, oh, my God, it's so cool. Look at it. It's bouncing along. And I think it's silly. Hmm. I think it looks really silly. I think it needs to stop. <laughs> um, this bird is a part of the family called sandpipers. And it spends none of its time on sand. Um, it rather just sit around in mud and probe in the mud looking for worms and insects. I think it should be called a mud piper, but that's just me. Um, so yeah, it, it has eyes that are like really set far back in its head mm-hmm. because it spends a lot of its time with its head in this, with its beak in the, in the mud. So it needs to see if predators are coming from behind it. It's a weird bird. Yeah. Um, it's just, just a weird bird. And I, and I think it, I think it should stop. No, that's therapeutic to hear. I mean, <laughs> And and honestly, like in anything in life, you have to dislike some things or else the things you like don't mean anything. Mm, you can't just I say, like I that. like all the birds. Then, you know, what does it even mean when you say you like one? Exactly. If, if I liked all of them, then my love for the peregrine falcon would seem hollow. It would be diminished, so, yeah. Exactly. <laughs> well, thank That's you great. so much. I'm going to, I'm going to, um, Jim, would you go birding with me? Yeah, no, I mean, I have nothing against looking through binoculars and seeing them far away. I just would, if you told me, as you have before, to go try to stand near some enormous crows, you know, that I would say no. I <laughs> that sounds like, a, like you're that. really excited. I'm excited too, Jim. Um, <laughs> and, how, and how can people follow your work? So my uh, Twitter and Instagram are most active on both of those uh, social media sites. It's uh, Jason Ward NY. NY. Okay. Um, thank you so much. This is so lovely to talk to you. And I hope you're uh, doing okay on this whole mess. Thank you so much. I appreciate both of you for having me on. It's been a lot of fun. Okay. Thank you so much. Absolutely. Bye. This show today was produced by Alvin Mellis. You can write us at socialdistance at theatlantic.com. And to support all of The Atlantic's journalism, subscribe at theatlantic.com slash support us. That's how we know you came from the podcast. And I should say that um, we have an announcement. What is our announcement? We are going to do the show only once a week, which means that we're going to do more planning and talk about maybe more more than one thing on an episode. Um, and hopefully that will serve the listeners better as we, you know, kind of brace for a longer term pandemic. Like we need more structure to the show because this is going on longer than you imagined. <laughs> so much longer. You know, it started with you just picking up a phone and calling me and recording the chat. And you were like, let's not even edit it. Let's just put it up as a podcast. Yeah, don't and even think about it. Now, but as it's gone on, maybe we should think about yeah, it. Yeah, and now we're like, we have all these huge celebrities who want to be on the show, and it's <laughs> a big lift to like arrange it all, and we want to make it really good, and we, you know, so we think it would be best to try to be more ambitious with it and more polished and more deliberate, and that just means doing it once a week. Yep. And Jim, 
I have to tell you something on a personal note. I smell. Are you ready for me to be sincere? Uh-oh. Get, yeah, are you sitting down? Yeah. I'm about to be sincere. Yeah. Um, being able to call you every day has gotten me through. It's provided structure. It's given me the information I needed. I worry what it would have been like if I hadn't had you to call, and I really appreciate you picking up the call that first day. And I am amazed that you continue to pick up the phone. Um, so this is going to go on forever and ever, and I'm really glad that you have agreed to continue talking to me. Thank you for calling me. It is uh, usually the highlight of my day. And um, thank you for giving the show structure and making it happen at all. Uh, you have pushed me to learn about things that I uh, wouldn't have thought to. Um, and thank everybody for listening. This is uh, really helping me understand what's going on. And hearing from you all is is really helpful to us, too. So keep writing us at socialdistanceattheatlantic.com. We'll continue answering your questions. You can catch us. Catch us? Oh, my God. <sighs> you can listen on Wednesdays. That That is when we'll publish this podcast. Jim? Mm-hmm. You ready to bird? Ugh. I thought there would just be birds and birds and birds. I know. Maybe that was the point. Maybe Jason sent us on this exercise to show us how fragile the aviary ecosystem is. There's one! It's up there! You got eyes? It's directly above. You see them? I don't know what they are. I can't you enjoyed getting pooped on by a seagull. I've been pooped on by birds multiple times. I feel like I'm like, like once, once a year. I get. Shot. Oh really? Yeah, it happens like all the time. So should we go electric? I think we should go electrified with Toyota. Electrified? Electrified means options. Yes, we could go all electric with a Toyota BZ4X, but then there are hybrids like Grand Highlander. Or we could do something in between, like a RAV4 plug-in hybrid. So Toyota is electrified diversified? Yup, and with more options for reducing carbon emissions, the closer we all get to Toyota's Beyond Zero vision for the future. Exactly how much coffee have you had this morning? Learn more about our Beyond Zero vision for the future at toyota.com slash beyondzero.